Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. This is found on page 951 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. But before I read that, I invite you to bow your heads with me and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will. For all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. The gifts gifts that God gave us were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if you were here last week, you know we had a wonderful celebration of our church preschool that has been here for for, uh, 60 years now. And and you heard me maybe say in that sermon about how there are times when I'm down and I just need a little pick-me-up and I go down there to the preschool just to spend a little time with the kids because they always just have a way of of brightening my day. There's something amazing about looking a child in the eye and seeing when they're discovering something new or, or trying something new, and it just makes me happy just to see them do that. I don't, know, I don't know how many times, but it's happened several times where a child will come up to me and hand me a big picture that they've drawn, and they will say, Pastor Brad, this is for you. I colored this all by myself. And I would think, oh, that's so sweet that you did that. Or maybe one day I would see them walking in the halls and they would kick their feet out to me and they'd say, Pastor Brad, look at my new shoes. I tied them all by myself. Or maybe they were riding around on the, on the, the uh, playground out there on a bike or a tricycle and they would say, look, Pastor Brad, I'm riding all by myself. And they're so proud of themselves. And I'm so proud of them too. But I have to tell you, over the years, I've come to learn that there's very few things in life that we truly do all by ourselves. In fact, when I was learning how to ride a bike as a kid, I learned how to ride a bike because my dad spent hours and hours running along beside me trying to catch me before I fell. Or I learned how to tie my shoes because my mom would hold the knot for me so that I could tie her finger in the knot as I was learning how to tie my shoes. All of the things that we do in life as adults, we hopefully learn that We really need other people to help us in nearly all the things we do. And yet there are times when even us as adults like to brag about the things that we've done all by ourselves. I'll never forget working at my first church. And that church in Charlotte had spent 25 years of going to the same little town in Kentucky and building houses. Every single year they would go to the same town. And they had a big plaque up on the wall that said, 20 different houses for 20 years of service in Harlan, Kentucky. And I was amazed that they could go for one week and this one church all by themselves could build a house and do it for 20 years in a row. And so one year I went on the mission trip and I discovered that that actually wasn't true at all. When we got there, someone had already dug the foundation out and poured a concrete slab, and other people came after we had gone. We, we tried to build the frame, but even pieces of the frame were already built for us. And, and then people would come after we were gone and put the roof on and, and paint the walls and do all the other things that the house needed. But for some reason, we had a plaque on our wall that said 20 years of building houses in Harlan, Kentucky. 
We tend to forget, even as adults, that there's really very little in this world that we can do all by ourselves, and our faith is included in that. You know, if you've been here over the past six weeks, that we're concluding a sermon series today on better together, all the things that we are called to do as disciples, and we're called to do them together. And we've talked about worshiping together and serve, or praying together and playing together and, and suffering together. And today, on our last day, we're talking about serving together. Serving together is something we're called to do. And a lot of times we think of service maybe as a response to what God has already done to us. Maybe even at times when we're really a cranky and don't want to get out of bed on Sunday morning. Not that I'm saying I was like that this morning. But we think of it more as an obligation rather than as a gift. But I'm here to tell you that today, the gifts and the opportunities that we have to serve God in this church, they're gifts. They're gifts for each and every one of us. Gifts to spend time with each other, and as Paul says in this letter, to build up the body of Christ. This church gives us those opportunities, countless opportunities every single day, whether it's helping in the nursery or passing out the bulletins or, or cooking for a Jubilee last week or all the other things, working with our youth group, all the other things that we are called to do every single day. And there are times, like I say, when it's hard to get out of bed. But this morning I want you to hear me. Those are gifts that God gives you to serve alongside one another. This church has given this, this, uh, a group of people in our church a great gift over the past year. You may not know this, but this past year, we went on three different mission trips last year. We went on a big mission trip with 25 people to Guatemala, which we've done the past few years. And, uh, but we also went on two other smaller mission trips, you may not remember, over to Panama City to help out after Hurricane Michael and to give some relief to those people in need. And those people who went on those trips, sure, they were sacrificing their time. Many of them had to take vacation time to do that. But I guarantee you, we all believe that those days and that time of service together was a gift. This morning, four of those people who went on those trips are going to come and share a little bit about those experiences with you. And I want you to hear them, hear them speak for themselves about the, the things that they did, the opportunities they had to grow and learn, and to hear how they were gifted truly by the opportunity to serve. Tad, you want to come forward? Good morning. I was a member of the mission team to Guatemala this summer. And, you know, many people wonder if supporting a work team is worth the money and the effort that it takes. And because, you know, any one of us could go travel somewhere, whether it's across town or around the world, and start doing individual work to serve God's people. And when the opportunity presents, certainly we should. But uh, with God's help, this work would be beneficial and appreciated and productive. But if just two of us go together, or if one of us teamed up with just one local person, we're certainly more than twice as efficient and twice as productive. Teamwork produces results. Jesus sent his apostles out in teams. When we work as part of a team, we have support, moral, physical, and spiritual, and we give reciprocal support in return. This is especially true when traveling. When you're in an airport with luggage and all the things you want to take on a plane, it's always nice to have another person to watch your things so that you don't have to drag your bags into the bathroom with you. Our Guatemala team was better because we served together. We supported each other. 
While in Guatemala, we built a home in the mountains for Juana Quisquina and her family. Uh, like Brad was talking about in Harlan, we didn't build the entire house in that one week we were there, but we did do a significant portion of work, and we were pretty proud of what it looked like when we finished. We, uh, we had help, though, from full-time Guatemalan construction workers who worked for Porch de Solomon down there. Enrique was one of the construction workers who was also our translator. He was very important, as all of our translators were during the week, but he was very good at his job. He was pretty special, and this is why. The people in the highlands of Guatemala often speak Cachacal, not Spanish. Cachacal is only spoken by actually a little over 7% of the people in Guatemala. Juana Quisquina's family and some of the construction workers spoke little Spanish but were fluent in Cachacal. Usually, to translate from English to Cachacal, you have to have two translators, one to translate from English to Spanish, and then one to translate from Spanish to Cachacal. But Enrique, this is why he was special, Enrique could translate directly from English to Cachacal, and this made the whole teamwork much more efficient and so much better just with his help. As we supported Juana Quisquina's family um, with our work and a few building materials, they supported us. Juana's father, Mariano, was a slight older man in his 70s uh, who probably, I'm serious, probably didn't weigh 100 pounds or maybe close to 100 pounds. And contrary to our initial presumptions, we quickly realized that he was uh, very strong and still very capable of hard work. You can ask any of the youth who watched him take a pickaxe out of their hand and then destroy a stump and the hard dirt of a hill that we had to move. Um, it was quite impressive to watch him do that because I swear I thought he was going to break at any minute. But he just, he would go. And throughout the week, the family, Juana's family, and other members of the community worked with us or they provided us meals or they shared a friendly smile, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were tired and just wanted to sit down instead of keeping, uh, continuing to work. Many of the people I met in Guatemala also supported my faith by reminding me that it's possible to live with great satisfaction in spite of little material wealth. They showed us what is truly important in this world, your family together, your community together, and your faith together. Our Faith Presbyterian, Porch to Solomon team, and the people we served were certainly better together. And the relationships we built will continue to inform and inspire us as we continue to serve God at home or wherever we may be. I also went to Guatemala. Um, I didn't know what to expect going to this mission trip because I had never gone on a mission trip before. Um, but I soon learned that this trip was going to be a learning experience, not just for me, but for everybody on this trip. Um, we, learned it how to, we learned how to sift sand, take the heart rate of the people at our medical clinic, how to spell acetaminophen, um, learning how to place wet concrete and then place a concrete brick on top of that to soon create walls. Um, I learned that God brought all of us together to serve together to help others because we had the ability to. Um, from dancing to reggae, Jesus Loves Jamaica, to Ed Sheeran, to pack dirt at the bottom of the house, 
to playing with the kids in the back hallway behind our medical clinic. Um, my favorite part was, um, sorry. <laughs> my favorite part was talking to the family that was receiving the new house that the team after us would be building. You could tell in their face before even talking to them and their expressions that they were truly excited to have this new house and grateful. Um, I got to talk to the little girl my age and she told me that she wanted to give me something so I could remember her by. So she went to her backyard and picked off two apples for me to keep. While I couldn't take them home, I took pictures of them and they still help me and bring me joy whenever I look at those pictures. Um, this mission trip was filled with many learning and humbling and experience that I will be forever grateful for. Three years ago, on my first trip to Panagisale and Ports de Solomon, we worked on a, building a home for Anna. She had a family of five, and her husband was an alcoholic and in an alcohol treatment program there in Guatemala. She was poor, and she had a real need of a new home. She smiled with thanks um, for our efforts to help her and her family with a new home. Chronic alcoholism is a big problem in the indigenous Mayan populations of Guatemala. Almost every morning you see men sleeping off a drunk from the night before on the streets of Pana. On this trip, I had the opportunity to travel across Lake Adelon by boat with Lloyd Monroe and Lou Shelley to visit Casa Tatloy, the rehab center in the town of San Lucas, Talamon. The center was started in 2010 with the support of Ports de Solomon and other service groups. We met with Tadio Latona, the director of the center. After 23 visits to rehab, he gained sobriety and dedicated his life to helping other alcoholics and opening a treatment center. We met with him, he and his wife, and talked about the treatment facility. Their primary mission is to provide detox treatment and reconciliation services to a population of indigenous, mostly Mayan men and their families ravaged by the disease of alcoholism. The men are trying to break their dependence on drinking, a disease that has left them destitute and in most cases with no place to go. Many times the families of these men were thrust into poverty by result of this disease. Guatemala is the poorest country in Central America. The average income for a family of four is $1,400 a year. A disease, excuse me, uh, malnutrition is a big problem among children. The doctrine of Alcoholics Anonymous is a major component of the rehab program. Getting out of self and developing a spiritual relationship with God is the most important factor to overcoming addiction. An average of 50 men are housed in the facility and they are there for 90 days. The facility is clean, they do chores, 
cook and have devotional several times a day. Sleeping quarters are crowded and around 15 men sleep in bunk rooms with bunks four high. Lloyd, Lou, and I each spoke before the assembled group there and shared our thoughts of support and prayed with them. We brought over clothes, medical supplies, and personal items that Melanie had gathered from porch to share with them. We talked with Taddy and his wife about opening a facility for women, which they don't have now, and they agreed it should be done. Efforts are being made to locate a building in San Lucas to house a facility. Lou and I are working with Bill Lang from Tallahassee to help fund the effort. Bill has been very, one of the big backbones behind the, the program there. It is encouraging to see our growth as a mission witness committee. Five years ago, we would have four or five members attending a planning meeting. Now we have 15. The rise in people wanting to go on our mission trips has almost doubled. Many youth were part of this trip. It is great to see this growth in our church. Thanks for letting me share some of our experiences, strength, and hope. By nature, I'm an introvert and enjoy time alone and in quiet where I can process my thoughts and recharge my energy. But in practice, especially when working through a challenge, I love the energy and innovation of working with a team. I am a believer that we can be better together and have seen that firsthand through mission work. Over the last year, I have volunteered to serve on three faith mission trips and another post-Hurricane Michael day of service. Hurricane Michael's Category 5 strength ripped through the panhandle of Florida, causing immeasurable destruction and upending thousands of lives. Post-storm, like many of you, I donated supplies and money to help those affected. But I also felt called to do more. So when Jill David asked for volunteers to help support her coworkers' family and community in Blountstown, I jumped at the opportunity and spent a day of physical labor helping remove downed trees and tarping roofs, shared homemade cookies with residents and electric linemen, and left fuel and cash to be distributed to community members in need. And then in March, Jenny Daly organized our first hurricane relief faith mission trip, and I traveled with about a dozen or so others to Panama City, where we were welcomed and housed by Gulf Beach Presbyterian Church, also known as the Little Pink Church. Surprising ourselves, together, we were able to accomplish what seemed like daunting work faster than anticipated, sharing the effort and working joyfully side by side. The devastation in Panama City and the surrounding areas is so significant, and we left knowing that we wanted to return and continue to help our Panhandle neighbors. In April, on Easter weekend, I led a trip back to Panama City with four of our amazing youth, my daughter, Keegan, Naisha Griffin, Isabel Morris, and Lucy Kyle. This time, we would be helping to rebuild a home. 
with no construction experience, but a lot of heart and energy, we were led by Paulina, an AmeriCorps project leader originally from Los Angeles. Paulina, too, had no construction experience before she had volunteered post-Hurricane Harvey in Texas and was now responsible for reconstructing several homes. She was an excellent guide and quickly had each of us using the miter saw and installing door and wall trim as the house was nearing completion after a significant rehabilitation. It was a fulfilling weekend serving with the youth and alongside Paulina, as well as the homeowner Bobby and other volunteers. With great enthusiasm for the mission work, but with reluctance and fear about traveling to Guatemala, I joined Keegan and others in our faith family to serve in June for a week building a home for an indigenous family, as well as providing medical care to the local communities. As I expected, it was a life-changing experience. Lloyd and Melanie Monroe and their Porch to Solomon staff were excellent hosts. It was incredible to see firsthand how much Lloyd and Melanie's love and labor has done for the Guatemalan people. I was proud to witness how the generosity of FACE members was graciously received and fully utilized. And now, as we return to the comfort of our school routine, football weekends, and the looming holiday frenzy, I find that my desire to serve through mission work is still strong. With the hurricane season upon us, I have prayed for the safety of Florida residents, and especially for those in the panhandle still living in tents or damaged homes. But beyond the prayers I can offer, I desire to return and use my able hands to help rebuild. As I and others lead additional mission trips to Panama City, Guatemala, or our local community, I hope you too feel called to serve joyfully, give generously, and love fully. Amen. I want to thank all of you for sharing, and I want to thank all of you as a church for giving us the opportunity to, to, to go on these trips, because truly, those trips are a gift for us. We have the opportunity when we go on those, these trips to build something more important than houses or hospitals or things like that. We have the opportunity to build relationships. That's what service is about. I've told you this many times before that the blessing of our weaknesses is it forces us into relationships. It forces us into friendships. And friendships, uh, that's what the kingdom of God is built upon, relationships with God and with each other. Every time I go on a mission trip, I think about another mission trip many, many years ago, and I want to end by telling you about that. It took place in 1938 in Scotland. It was a man named George MacDonald who was a minister in Glasgow in Scotland. He was a well-known minister serving in a lot of churches there in, in downtown Glasgow amongst the, the poor people there. And he noticed as a minister that there was a big difference between the people who were sitting in his pews and the people who were right outside the door. The people in his pews were all educated, many of them wealthy, many of them were kind of upper class people, whereas right outside his door in the streets of Glasgow were people who were hungry, people who were hurting, people who were in need. And so George McLeod had this crazy idea to go on a mission trip. 
Way out in the Atlantic Ocean, there was this little island called Iona. Maybe you've heard of Iona. And there on Iona was this old abbey that had fallen into ruin from the, built in the 6th century. And he had this idea that he wanted to take people from his church out to Iona and rebuild the abbey brick by brick, stone by stone. And so he invited ministers from the community as well as church members, but that's not all. He invited some of those people out in the street to come with him. And so they got on boats and took all of their tools and went out to to rebuild this abbey. These people who saw each other every day but barely spoke to each other. And while they were out there building this abbey back brick by brick, something crazy happened. These people who never talked to each other started talking to each other. These people who focused on their differences so much all of a sudden started focusing on the, the walls that they were building. And they, they realized they had something in common with each other. That just by serving side by side, focusing on what God had called them to do, a new relationship formed. They realized that they were better together. They realized that all of those walls that they had built around them that they lived in every single day didn't matter when it came to building the body of Christ. Every single day here at Faith Presbyterian Church, I hope you know you are called upon to serve, to volunteer, and there are countless ways that you can do that. But I hope you will hear that not as an obligation, but as a gift an opportunity to grow closer to the people in these pews and grow closer to the people in the world. I will tell you, I came back from Guatemala, and I don't think, I'm not proud of the house that I left back there behind me, but I am proud to tell you that I have friends in Guatemala now. I am proud to tell you I got to know the people on that trip better, and I feel closer to them now than I did before I left. I am proud to tell you that our relationships are stronger because God called us to serve together. Well, guess what? God's calling you too. To serve right alongside each other every single day in big ways and in small ways. To use the gifts that you have been given to serve God. And that is truly a gift. Because in spite of our differences, in spite of our struggles, there is one truth about the body of Christ. We are better. We are better together. To the glory of God. Amen.